I have an idea. Uh, I want to research this more later. Then I open Notion. Boom, right there. I see projects, areas, resources, or archives. Welcome to the Productivity Lab, the podcast where you put the tips, tricks, and methods of the productivity world to the test. I'm your host, Kyle. And I'm Mark. And today we are going to be talking about digital only, about how our phones, tablets, and computers can help us accomplish our goals. But first, what have you been working on, Mark? I've been working on a lot of side projects, getting a lot of writing done, which has been uh, vastly beneficial to me. Um, and making great strides. So uh, even practicing by copying other writers, um, which is really helping. You me. put that on Twitter, right? Yeah, I tweeted that. Yeah. Um, a few nights I got like a thousand words per night um, just copying and seeing how, how they work. And uh, yeah, analyzing their text, their pacing and everything. And it's, it's kind of opened your eyes. Any authors that I might know or anybody in the audience might know? Yeah, the uh, super popular uh, artists like uh, I'm a I stand for George R. R. Martin and mm-hmm. not just his Song of Ice and Fire series uh, like Fever Dream, which I just got my signed copy of that book this week. What's what's that? Ah, uh, it's about vampires on the Mississippi River. Um, so yeah, Martin he writes in a range of genres, so from science fiction and to fantasy and everything else. And he has an amazing short story collection called Dream Songs. And there's two volumes. They're really good. And I have two signed copies of those from him as well. (laughs) Um, And then, of course, uh, Tolkien. Um, Mm. And the next one I want to try is Brandon Sanderson. So just kind of studying how they write, how they develop their voice. And it kind of helps apply that to my own writing, kind of like when I copy someone's uh, art, I learn new techniques and then kind of apply that to my own art. So that's kind of been uh, what I've been up to. What about you? Uh, It's been kind of not as productive as you, I'd say. Uh, I haven't been doing that much writing over the past week and I can't remember what I did the week before, (laughs) but uh, I was out of town for work for a week and um, Whenever you travel, just I, every time I travel, I think I'm going to get so much done. And I think I spent maybe 20 minutes in total working on editing the last episode. That's the only thing I did while I was gone. So it's been uh, pretty slow for me. Uh, it was a really good conference I went to, though. Learned more about how the power industry works. And uh, yeah, it was pretty informative, but nothing, nothing big in the side project front. Not even, I didn't even read that much. I... I got into Twitter again recently, and that's when the bane of my reading. I need to figure out how to control that some more. <laughs> it's been an issue. It's been an issue lately. I used to not have Twitter on my phone, and then I reinstalled it because I want to start promoting projects like this. And it turns out that um, it's a good time suck. It's a time to do that to you. So Absolutely. Yeah. Has not been a good uh, while working on any side projects, except for editing this episode, or not this episode. Last episode. If I was saying this episode right now, that'd be very impressive. <laughs> um, I I got my notepad out asking how. <laughs> Real time editing. It's a new thing. You should try it. It's the biggest trend in podcasting. You just uh, start making your slice and dices as you are recording. 
I'm just going to pretend there's an agrarium from Toastmaster staring at me so the so that I don't say any ahs or ums. Oh, yeah, we should, we should instigate the clickers from Toastmasters every time we record and just annoy us and the audience. Nobody would ever listen. Those things <laughs> are the worst. <laughs> if anybody was never in Toastmasters before, highly recommend it. But some clubs like to use these like dog clickers while you're talking. And if you say ums, ahs, or if you speak over yourself or not speak of yourself, if you speak twice about the same thing, they will click. That way you could train it out of you and you will never want to hear that clicker sound again. But the good thing about podcasting, do it in post. I'll fix it in post. Yep. That's the motto for podcasting. I'll fix it in post. <laughs> my, uh, seriously, like on uh, my old podcast, Everyday Superhumans, we wanted to put our guests in like the best light possible. So we'd tell them like, we'll make you eloquent in post-production. So... <laughs> Yeah, podcasting is great for that. But unfortunately, I haven't been doing that much. I guess, actually, no, that's not true. I published a new blog post today on my blog. Um, I've been using a new editing software called Hindenburg Journalist. After using Audacity for years, it's been like a breath of fresh air switching to Hindenburg, and I published my first impressions on it. Overall, give it a really good score. If you have 100 bucks lying around for editing, go ahead and spend it. Um, Yeah, and oh, yeah, also... A quick update from our last challenge, paper only. I've been carrying my the notebook from that challenge with me everywhere I went. And one day I left it somewhere, and I'm not sure which day or where that was, but the notebook just disappeared from my life. So that's a, it's a strike against um, paper for me. Just so you, If you lose it, it feels like part of your brain is gone. Was that your way of saying that you're discarding this challenge and getting ready for digital? Yeah, it was my, it was the universe telling me, don't have that notebook with you. <laughs> here, here, just lose five to 10 pages of ideas. I can't remember how much it was. It wasn't that many. So it wasn't like a big loss, but it was, it's like, no. You never know. You could have had a gold mine idea written on those pages that you've lost yep. forever. I had the next Game of Thrones on that notebook and it'll never happen now. Never happen. We will miss your fantasy epic. <laughs> yeah, maybe in a different universe, in a different universe. But yeah, I guess this is a good time to segue into our topic of the week. Yes. Or of the two weeks, I guess. So they do 12 days on these challenges. And that would be digital only, the opposite of our past topic, which was paper only. Uh, let's start with Mark. What was your thoughts and what was your process like? Okay, so... Um, just like the paper only challenge, right? We're looking to see how it helps or hinders our mm-hmm. productivity uh, in our day to day lives. So with this, um, I kind of try to continue the things that I normally track via my everyday items. So that is my daily journal. Then I like to make notes and write book reviews and post those on my blog uh, after every book I finish. And um, I also keep my own personal thoughts. So I have a raw thought uh, section that I write that's just for me. And then I actually post a book review where, where I may take some of those raw thoughts to be in a public sphere, as well as calendar, notes, to-dos, and projects. So those were the things that I was looking to continue to uh, do, track. And... As we stated in the last episode, like I made the transition from digital to paper because I felt 
that there is way too many apps, way too much noise happening. Um, and so I went to paper, which, or I call it analog, and which made things a little bit more simpler for me. So how did it go? Week one was absolutely brutal. <laughs> um, I, that was the most unproductive time I've had in quite a while because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what app to use. <laughs> I, uh, I even signed you had up no for apps a, in mind. Yeah, I even signed up for a new app called Use Journal or something like that that Never looked pretty that cool. Um, and it's not released yet. They're just uh, accepting things, and I think they released in a month. So I was like, oh, this looks cool. Let me sign up for this. And I was like, what do I use? I don't know how to track this stuff. And it kind of left me in a tailspin with not having something to go back to. Of course, I had my calendar so I can go back to my calendar and and put my meetings and everything else that I that I needed to do. But I was just kind of frozen on everything else. So I ended up doing some research and I, I found something interesting and we can get into I know we have it on our topics list, but uh, I end up finding a productivity framework called Para, P-A-R-A, from Tiago Forte. Have you heard of him? No. Para? P-E-R-A? P-A-R-A. Oh, P-A, like para. So this is uh, projects, areas, resources, and archives. And it's a framework to help you categorize everything that you're doing. So your projects is projects like this or your to-do list and things that you need to accomplish. So it's a framework and not an app. Is that what I'm getting? Correct. It's a framework. And you can apply this framework, whether digitally or analog. So you can repeat it in any app, really. And it kind of goes through and I can, I'll post the link to it in my, in, in the show notes. But I, after reading through that, reading some ideas and I was like, okay, this will help me get back into the gi- digital by having starting off with this framework. So I did that, and my app of choice, I decided to go with Notion. Okay, good choice. Yes, uh, I didn't want to have multiple apps tracking multiple things, so I created this in Notion, and I created the four areas, and I started uh, using that for my to-do list. Um, I created different areas that I want to focus on, such as writing, uh, editing, uh, work, uh, traveling. Um, So I started creating sub uh, pages and groupings for that. Um, Resources, kind of uh, brain dumping links or ideas there as well. And I just repeated that in whatever tool I was using. So if I was on my iPad and I prefer to handwrite, on the iPad and mm-hmm. I use GoodNotes 5 to do that. I reorganized all my notebooks in GoodNotes and I created those same areas so that I know that if I'm in Notion, I can go to the resources and look at any links I saved there. Or if I go to GoodNotes 5, I can go to resources and look at any notes I saved there. If I was using Evernote and I had that same setup, I can just go to my resources folder or page or whatever and look at everything there. So it's it's the same framework across multiple tools, which kind of helped ease me back into the digital world of things. So it was it was kind of difficult until I found that and then started to apply it to 
help things uh, to calm things down and make it a little bit easier. Uh, So one of the primary things that I did, kind of like a sneak peek at the top of the show, was writing. So the second week was heavily focused on writing as I had my vacation and I focused on a lot of writing projects. So for writing, it depends on the type of writing I do. And most of it was in the Scrivener tool. So I used that for to continue writing for some projects. And I even had new ideas that I was starting. And as we talked before, I, I started to prefer handwriting my first drafts mm-hmm. um, and then transcribing them to digital format. So then that means I had to break that and start first drafts in uh, Scrivener. And so it kind of made it a little bit fussy for me as far as like keeping focus and trying not to self-edit. Is Scrivener a typing based or is it like Apple Pencil based? No. So Scrivener is a uh, writing software uh, mainly for writers or authors. It allows you to create varying format like uh, script format notebooks oh. or novel formatting notebooks. Okay. It has complete sections for you to create chapter folders, character profiles, dump all your research, uh, create character sketches and s- scenes and settings. And you can even export all the content and format it to ebook format or whatever to do your own self-publishing. So um, it, it's it's a pretty complicated tool. Um, <laughs> so I recommend like don't jump into Scrivener if you're a writer. Don't jump into that unless you it's a it's a paid tool as well. But don't jump into that until you have you're comfortable with just starting writing. Mm-hmm. If you're starting writing, just stick with something super simple. Google Notes or, or Google Docs. Uh, would, I use Word would, for uh, everything. Or, yeah, just use Word. And many people, there's uh, um, uh, indie authors that I follow that use Google Docs for absolutely everything. And I really like how they, some ideas that they use and how they use that with beta readers. But yeah, I got Scrivener and I use that and I just have different projects. So uh, I call it Project Dollar, which is my primary project I'm working on. Mm. I have a dedicated notebook for that, all my research, all my chapters. I can see all my revisions, my first draft, my second draft, et cetera, et cetera. Then I have a, a new uh, another netbook separately that I do all my writing for a fantasy story I'm doing. And then I have a notebook dedicated to there. So that kind of, kind of besides the point, but that's one tool I moved out of outside of Notion to do some of my writing. And with it, with Notion, with this whole new idea of using the the Para framework, I even started tracking my writing. So Notion is super awesome. I even created a uh, within the areas uh, things that I want to focus on long term in my life. Writing is one of them, and I created a writing log. So every time I have a writing session, uh, I document that. Like, what was the if I was working on chapter two? What was the starting point? Mm. Uh, what was what was the starting word count? What was the ending word count? And what was the difference? Mm. Right. Um, and I track which projects that was for. Even my practice writing, where I'm doing uh, literally copying other authors' works to learn from it. Um, I track that as well because yeah, I'm writing. I can't do anything with any of that writing, but um, it's still good writing practice um, mm-hmm. that I can do. And I'm learning from that. So I tracked that well as well. So that was a good thing that kind of came out of there. Starting off with struggling so much and trying to get back into the digital tracking only world. 
I was able to pick up a new framework that I like and actually start new things to track my progress and writing to track other areas. Um, I even started tracking it for traveling ideas, areas that I want to go. The primary idea uh, in moving into that method was trying to find something for creating a second brain, if you will. Mm. Mm-hmm. They talk, uh, Tiago talks a lot about the second brain uh, concept. It kind of reminds me of, uh, uh, have you, do you know the YouTuber slash podcaster CGP Gray? Yes. He's a guy that co-hosts Cortex, which I think I gave a shout out in their first episode. Yeah. And um, he had this really good video called I comma phone. And it's about like <laughs> how like our digital lives, like our, all of our phones, like are super important for our daily lives. Like part of like our identity and our brain is stored on the phone now. So yeah. that reminds me of that, the yeah. digital brain. Yeah. And it's really nice. And so when I started seeing that come up again, I was like, do I have one? And I was like, wait a minute, Google Keep has been my digital brain. Like I share a lot of stuff to Google Keep. So can you, uh, can you explain what you mean by digital brain? See if it's the right idea that I think it, you're talking about. So yeah, um, just any idea or note of item to research or a link or something, if I come across, uh, let me actually um, go. I wrote a couple of resources. So brain dump, uh, just to get an idea out of my brain, mm. right? I don't have to think about it. I wrote it down and I can come back to it to explore it. There's another article that I read where they, they propose like the brain isn't good for storing information or processing, whatever. You just want to get that out of your brain, come up with the idea, get it out mm-hmm. and then just move on to other things. Right. And that's what I was using Google Keep for. It's like movies I want to watch. Mm-hmm. I, I Someone mentioned something, I write it down or anime or uh, books I want to read. I note all those things down in Google Keep and I did not realize that I was keeping a second brain (laughs) or websites. Hey, check out this website or something. Then I got like an idea for to do a lettering piece of the name Amon, who is uh, a villain from Legend of Korra. Mm. I liked his mask. And so I want to do some lettering art and practicing in, in that style using that or I was listening to something about how a lot of pharmacy companies like Purdue are filing or thinking about filing for bankruptcy. And I'm like, how they're making, you know, hand over fist and money. How are they thinking about filing for bankruptcy? So I wrote how and why with less prescriptions of those, it shouldn't break their bank. Is there a way that they're doing this to protect assets Mm -hmm. or to walk away with a little bit more of parachute money? Mm. Um, so I don't know what that is. I it just found that odd. Yeah. Just an idea to research. So that's what I mean by second brain is just getting all of these things down. It's uh, I haven't read the book. The book Getting Things Done is all about like as soon as an idea comes to you, as soon as a task comes to you, just write it down, get it out of your brain and get to it later. So it reminds me of that. So, yeah, that that's kind of what my experience has been with this digital only project. So obviously a little bit more challenging to me <laughs> than the paper only. But I've discovered new frameworks that I'm interested in, keen on using going forward. 
um, new ways to use an existing tool, I kind of started to lack some because I couldn't envision how to best use it. Mm -hmm. And then just a, yeah, a good framework, a good way to track it, new things to help track and keep my productivity or, or track my progress as far as like writing and how I'm staying on top of that. So while challenging and I hated it to begin with, I was able to find a way to kind of turn those things and kind of make my experience pleasurable. So what about you? Uh, so I kind of went back into my old my old method of doing things since I so said in the past episode, the reason why I gave away paper is I'd always forget to check for anything. And that goes from everything from ideas to task. So my setup was pretty simple. It's been the one I've been using for about a year or two now, which consists of four major apps, I'd say. Three major apps plus a new one I add for this challenge, I'd say. The main primary task app was Todoist, which is the app that I will gladly pay for until the day I die. It is by far the best productivity app I've ever used. It is pretty much a task manager. It's like a very uh, fancy checklist where you can make projects, sub-projects, sub-task, etc. And I will immediately, when I get a task hand to me, I will just pull up my phone and type it in. What I like about Todoist is that's very natural language. So you'd say, pick up mail today at 4 p.m. You just type that in, and then it'll remind you at 4 p.m. that day that you typed in to pick up your mail. You'd also use hashtags to separate between projects. You could use at symbols for separating between uh, tags. So I used to do this for both work and my personal life. I even have a thing on my phone. I use this uh, launcher called uh, Novo Launcher. And you could set up shortcuts with it. So if I just swipe up on my home screen, the uh, the task input pops up immediately and I'll just type it in right there. And then I'll use the hold on hashtag and then type in whatever project it belongs in and then go from there. And I love it because it has reminders built into it. The reminders are only a part of the paid plan, but they're totally worth it for that reason. So you just say today at four o'clock, I'm going to do this. And then 30 minutes before it's the default setting, you can change it to whatever you want they'll remind you that that's coming up. So I usually use it for things that from inputting my time into my timesheets at work to things that have like time sensitive due dates. I do have some issues with Todoist though. Like you can't really see upcoming things like in your feed. It only shows you up to the next seven days of task you have, but you go to each project individually and check out what the upcoming tasks are. Of course, if there's like something coming up like a due date, it could be an issue. But I did create a separate tag in it now for due dates. So if something comes up, I just click on the due date tag and it'll show me all my due dates for every project. So that's been my go-to to-do list app for a while. I love it more than anything else. <laughs> it is by far the best app I've ever used in making my life more productive. Uh, there are some things about Todoist that I find really interesting that kind of really jives with my brain really well is that it tends to gamify task. You could set daily goals for how many tasks you want to complete each day and weekly goals for how many you want to complete each day. And the more tasks you complete, you build up this thing called karma. And the more karma you have, the better you're performing, which kind of sounds kind of dumb because you don't have anything to compare yourself to. But at the end of each year, Todoist will send a report out of how often you've been using it and like what your productivity level was. And I ended up having last year being in the top 4% of, of Todoist users. And that was after using it for like six months. Wow. So I got really into gamifying my task. 
Actually, it could be overwhelming at times, and I'm trying to cut back on that right now. You feel overwhelmed with all of your tasks. Overall, it's by far the best to-do app I've ever used, and I will vouch for it forever. Uh, so that's been my main thing for writing down tasks and getting things done. I've also been using Notion as a notebook app for more project-oriented things. Like I have a Notion notebook for each of my writing projects. I have a Notion notebook for each of my podcasting projects. And I used to, until last week, had a Notion notebook for my work. But I decided to not renew that subscription and then just do everything locally on my work PC because I was trying to, I want to separate my work life from my personal life a little bit more. So I'm just using things like Microsoft Office Suites for my work now. So using things like Word. It's not as efficient as Notion because Notion has this really nice feature of having a card view for task. Yeah. Which the card view is the best. Like... That's the only thing that Todoist is missing as a card view. Although I think I read somewhere that they might be doing one soon. So that would be even better. Uh, a card view is great. That would be easy to move it between different things like in progress, to be done, complete, turned in, all that stuff. I do miss having that for my work life, but I want to separate my work life from my personal life more. I do have mine separate like from the tools that I use, but I use the same tools. Even though I use Notion at home, I created a second account for Notion with my work email and I use that yeah. at work to yeah. track all my work projects and stuff That'd like that. That'd be a good idea. I create my second Notion workspace uh, with my personal email. And so like, every time I go to my workspaces, I'd always see my work one there. Maybe I'll create one with my work email. That way I keep it more separate and just use it on my work PC. When I'm on vacation on the beach looking at Notion, I don't want to see anything that reminds me of work. That's the thing with like what Todoist is that Todoist, I have everything on it, including my work stuff on it. So if I'm like on the weekends looking through things, it's kind of annoying to see my work stuff there. It's kind of hard to break up Todoist. It's easy. It's harder to switch between workspaces and Todoist. Mm. So I just use the same one for everything. But I use Notion mostly for flushing out ideas. If I have like a project in mind, I will create a card view of all the uh, the timelines of everything that happens. I'll create tags for each year that things happen in and then uh, create sub tags for each month. That way you keep all my storyline ideas in mind. Uh, Notion also has a great ability of having tables as well. And I use each table to have like different characters and organization notes on it. So overall, it's a great way just to store data. I, whenever I used to my work account, I'd always store my, na- my meeting notes in it. For each project, I'd have a template Within that template, I would have a meeting note section for everything that happened in a meeting. And I'd also have like a change log for every time I change something in the projects. So it's really good for like general logging things. But Notion is really bad at quickly writing down ideas and tasks. It's been my biggest issue with Notion since I first started using it a year ago. It's so hard to like quickly input a task because it requires you defining the notebook it's in and defining the sub notebooks it's in if you're going that far. It just got really annoying. I do use Google Keep like you, Mark, but I use it for grocery lists and like miscellaneous things. Like I have it for like my exercise log as well, but I don't like using Google Keep as like my, my digital brain. So I reinstalled Evernote for my first time in three years this week (laughs) or last week. I got rid of Evernote because of their dumb policies they put on it, which is only two devices for a free account. Uh, that's when I stopped that. using it as well. Yep. I quit and went to OneNote for a while for that. But seriously, when it comes to like quickly writing things down, Evernote has been the best app I've ever used for that. So I reinstalled it, archived all my old notebooks, and just created a, a quick note notebook for any idea that came to me. And that's how I've been using Evernote. And actually, the blog post I just published today came from one of those notes I wrote down. So it's handy. 
I personally have like a very love hate relationship with Evernote. I think it's actually much more on the hate side now because it feels very out of date for a note taking app. If I hear if you use it as a power user, it's a lot better because you could, uh, it has PDF, uh, what's it called? OCR, I think is what it's called. Oh, yeah. Yeah, where it could like read text from PDFs and interpret it in its own software and makes it searchable. So if you like scan a book and upload it to Evernote, Evernote will take that PDF and identify what each word is and you just search for it and it'll pull up that PDF that has that word in it. So it's a really cool thing if like if you do like a lot of research. And as far as I understand, a lot of apps don't not have that ability still. So it's like the one thing that holds people over is that OCR. Yeah. Um, here you kind of talking about like taking a quick notes. I used to feel that way about Notion as well, mm-hmm. because you're like, oh, well, crap, where is this buried at? But yeah. now that okay. I'm starting to use the para method. Uh, okay. 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 What is the para method in detail? You only briefly like covered what it was. <laughs> what is it in detail? Uh, okay. So, um, it's just simply an organization system, a project, right? Um, and it has the four areas. So para is stands for projects, areas, resources, and archives. So your okay. projects are going to be your series of tasks linked to a particular goal. So active projects you're working on or your to-dos, like just your series of tasks that you need to do. Your area are like things that you want to maintain over time. So your health or your writing or your editing skills or traveling. Those are things you want to maintain over time. So you'll have a folder or notebook that you stuff of things for that, right? Then your resource, uh, that's where I kind of call my second brain. And that's a, a topic or a theme of interest. So like I said, I had a note about looking at pharmacies and mm-hmm. the, the recent bankruptcies or thoughts of going into bankruptcies. Then archive is where you archive any of the three things that you've done. So maybe you gave up on being a writer or like mm-hmm. I'm moving on with my life. So I'm a drag or archive the writing area. Okay. Right. So then when I want to take a note and I'm like, okay, I have an idea. Uh, I want to research this more later. Then I open Notion. Boom, right there. I see projects, areas, resources, or archives. I click resources and then I make my quick note. Wait, so your Notion setup, you have just four major main notebooks? Oh, that's a really really simple idea. Okay. But I do want to also state like I have four main areas. And I do and have created sub pages off of anything. So even though I have a to do and I say, so one of the things that I put for, I had all my, in my projects area, mm-hmm. I had a to do for the logo, right? TPL logo. Yeah. Okay. Also have a specific page under resources uh, or for projects called the, you know, the productivity lab. That's a project. So I can open that page and dive into my own personal show notes that I have mm-hmm. for each episode and anything else that I want to do that's related to this project. So I can go deeper, but I simply have a top level where I keep all my surface to do's. Mm-hmm. And then when I have more time, right, to sit down and say, okay, let's look at the project overall. I can jump into the productivity lab. I can jump into the Austin podcasters. I can jump into any yearly goals, right? I can link to anything. You can import tables. So I'm exploring a little bit more of the functionality 
but just having the top surface areas for, from the framework, it just makes it a little bit easier to jump into Notion if I want to make a quick note or add a quick link about something. And then I can repeat that in whatever tool I'm using uh, with that same framework. I can just jump into GoodNotes 5, quickly do the same thing because it's set up the exact same way. Um, so I'm, I'm liking it thus far. Uh, yeah, it seems really simple. I like that. <laughs> I'm looking at my, my setup right now in Notion and it looks nice, but it's not easily navigable if you're moving in a hurry. Like I have a book, of, I have like a section for self stuff, inspiration, health and cooking, culture. It's a lot of things I have. Right. So I, I spent a good time reorganizing my GoodNotes app into that same like uh, para method. And that's like consolidating a lot of notebooks and things like that and just moving stuff around. I like that idea a lot. And I'm liking it thus far. That's simple. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely link to that and I'll give that a read later. I see you just put that in Slack. So yeah. I'm giving you two. Uh, Someone else wrote their own uh, method of using Notion as their second brain uh, via the pair framework. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, definitely look into this. Do. Please do. (laughs) Uh, So that's how I could save to-dos easy in Notion. All right. I'll need to look into that because I do not want to use Evernote more than I have to. (laughs) (laughs) If I could get rid of Evernote and OneNote, which is like its Microsoft Office alternative for my life, I would be happy. Yes. Uh, OneNote, though, I would say does it as good because it does accept uh, touchscreen input. So you could draw on it if you want to. Notion doesn't do that. That's my one complaint with Notion is you can't really doodle on Notion. Hopefully they'll have touchscreen support in the future or touchscreen uh, pen report or what is that like an Apple Pencil and Microsoft pen support in the future. So I'd like to see in Notion. But yeah, I, I like that a lot. I'm going to look into this pair method. As someone who's very digital only, this could help me a lot. Yeah. How do you find this? How do you stumble upon it? Um, I have no idea. Like, uh, there's so many things I have in my second brain linked to and, and bookmarked. And I end up coming across a another productivity thing, which linked me to to. And then I saw something about Tiago Forte and I was like, oh, he does productivity stuff. And he has a on his site, praxis.fortlabs.co. He has a start here section. It He does a, a whole membership pay service, Mm -hmm. but he has his top 10 all time most popular posts. And that is one of them. Okay. And I was like, I think I've heard of this guy before. I don't recall reading anything. And it was something about a second brain that linked me to him. And I started reading that and I read the para thing twice. I found someone using notion with it. And I just started kind of diving into it a little bit more. And it's like, This is really helping me uh, right now as I struggle with doing this digital only challenge. Hey, how to use Evernote for your creative workflow. Um, Hey, (laughs) so yeah, it it really helped me. um, And then I started to just replicate that. And now I'm like looking at my Google Keep and I'm like, I want to change all my labels to projects, areas, resources and archive. (laughs) I don't know if that's possible, but I'm even look, looking at Google Keep, which I use as a dumping ground for everything mm-hmm. um, to reorganize and structure that as well. 
I could see. So yeah, one thing with like finding new methods like this is the overhaul you got to do for your system. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to, it might be worth it with the switching costs. It's going to be a little bit, you know, look into it though. Maybe it's worth it. Yeah. I am impressed with your research. I just, I went back into old habits, which, which are fine. They're good for helping me get things done. But the problem I've always had with digital systems is taking notes. Doing uh, tasks has been easy, easier yeah. than doing paper, but taking notes has always been the hard part for me. And see, and that's why I went paper because taking notes is so much better for me on paper. I'm just having, so it's interesting to have that contrast, right? And your experience mm-hmm. being digital using paper only methods uh, to the point that you like threw your notebook in a trash. Um, and <laughs> well, it disappeared from my life. It just, it, it, no, I put it on a table at a coffee shop, and the next thing you know, it just warps from reality just, to a different one, exactly. <laughs> Um, and then me who ditched digital like a year and a half ago to do paper only to come back and, um, yeah. And and so it was very interesting. Um, and kind of just the different experience and, and and I was shocked to struggle as much as I did, uh, with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think this has been a very informative suite of episodes we've done then paper only to digital only. It seems like that we both found some things in the any chairs, uh, habits that we didn't know that we could use. Absolutely. Let's see. I think the, now that's, I guess I'll bring us now to our final thoughts. Mark, what, what are your final thoughts? Um, my final thoughts is even though, uh, half of the time was a terrible experience because I was completely lost on how to, what app to choose, how to set it up, how to track it, what to do. And finding something to then boost my usage of tools I already had and that I think I'm going to use going forward. But could I stay digital only? Mm. No. Um, I think I will probably go back to a mixture, maybe with a, a higher percentage for digital. So before we started the challenges, I was pretty much like 90% paper mm. and 10% digital. Then with the challenges, it was easy to just switch to just 100% paper only. And it was difficult to switch to 100% digital only. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think for me, it's going to be a good mixture. So maybe it will end up dropping to 75, 25, 75 analog Mm -hmm. to do all my writing and everything else. But then I can, even though I have the the day-to-day, the monthly and stuff, I can still follow up and transcribe that information into Notion for tracking to reconcile all of the info and everything that I may write and to do that. And then because Notion with the database, I set it up to do calculations based off the writing input, right? So mm-hmm. it'll be nice to transcribe that information that I, um, that I uh, record uh, via my notebooks back into a digital tool to kind of have that going forward. So it certainly boosted my, I think it's going to boost my usage of digital tools to Mm -hmm. assist. Um, I think I can't, I I can't wait to go back to paper. Um, (laughs) I've been missing it dearly. I've, I, the good thing, the great thing out of this challenge is that I think I found a new framework to use going forward with everything. And I think it can really help boost what I do. So um, I would not recommend going digital only. Um, I think you I I would recommend having a mix of things that can help accentuate you um, in each area. 
But um, if I was to rate this, I would give this a four out of five. Nice, nice. Yeah. It's good to hear. Not as high as your five out of five with the paper only. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, nice nice to hear that this uh, taught you some things about the digital lifestyle. Yes. Uh, let's see. As for me, I really do see myself going into a mix style as well. I see myself using my notebooks a lot more in my daily life, assuming I don't lose them again. So, <laughs> but another reason why I reinstalled Evernote on my phone is that it's supposed to have a good doc scanner inside of it. So I installed Evernote to take photos of my notebooks whenever I'm done with a page. If I keep it, keep on doing that, that'll be good, but I'm not sure how long I could maintain that habit. I need to break into the habit to do it, but I do plan on doing a mix as well, but having a digital brain, so to speak. So I might write something in a notebook, but then upload it to Evernote later. So yeah. that way I could always have an archive. So that way if I do lose my notebook again, it's guaranteed to be there. So I'm, I've am i pretty much planned to uh, stick with primary digital, but with a notebook as like something on the side to like write down quick ideas. I know like at work, if I'm like writing down a task and to-do list or on to-do list on my phone, uh, people might think I'm texting, although I actually have limitations on my phone where I can't text during starting hours, but nobody knows that. <laughs> so I do wish that there was like a thing I could do, like say display hologram of what app I'm using right now. So people could be like, oh, he's using Todoist. He's not texting right now. So yeah, that, that does not work that way. So just for uh, not looking like an asshole at work, <laughs> like, True. Uh, I, I'm going to do paper only for uh, things while I'm in meetings and then when I get back to my desk, I will put them on Todoist or Notion or whatever I'm using at the time. Uh, overall, though, I do like the reminder system in, in uh, digital only. That's what my complaint with the paper only. Mm. There wasn't enough reminders in there. And of course, like if you lose a notebook, all those tasks could go away in an instant. If so you were somehow able to have reminders on a paper only system. I need you to patent this <laughs> and I will help fund this and we can, we can change the world. You heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be a great idea, but I think it's gonna be a long, long way in coming, but I'm pretty sure something will happen eventually. The good uh, thing of, um, yeah, sorry. I was going to mention because you, you noted about uh, not looking like an ass on the phone at work. The good thing about taking notes is um, I actually got good feedback. And so we do 360 reviews like employee or uh, my coworkers provide feedback to me. Mm -hmm. And one of the things is that they noted is like, oh, Mark take, takes notes in his notebook. And you see me actively writing things down to take action on them, right? And mm -hmm. so that's something I never thought uh, anyone would see or pick up on. But apparently they have, right? They've mm -hmm. seen me take those notes. They see the notes and checkboxes and things mm -hmm. in my notebook on my desk. And so they're like, oh, you know, I'm recording this. I'm, I'm taking action on it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I've marked to follow up on this thing. So it kind of has a, a nice little benefit there. Yeah, you get some uh, good uh, social capital off of it. So, yeah, it's uh, it's good to uh, just look good that way. So like even having like having a mix of it, even if like your main, if you're like sixty forty digital, or actually not even that, like eighty twenty digital paper, 
if you just use paper just for recording tasks down, it definitely looks better. Yeah. As long as you get to your desk or after people leave the room you put in your phone, uh, <laughs> it definitely improves your image. So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I would uh, give digital only a four and a half out of five Ooh. just because the reminder is such an essential thing for me. Okay. I would put it five out of five if taking notes was easier, but that's the only thing that's holding me back is a quick note system. If mm. it wasn't for that, I would give it five out of five. Okay. Yeah. So that concludes this topic. Time to move on to the next one. We'll be doing something a little bit more simpler. will not really cause us to completely rethink our lifestyle. It will be something just like a small little habit to throw in at the end or beginning of each day, which is going to be gratitude journaling. Uh, for those of you who do not know what gratitude journaling is, it is pretty much writing down three to five things at the end of each day that you're happy about that happened that day. And you'd add more things into it as well. Like just things about your life you're happy about. Uh, so I used to do it. I really do vouch for it. It helped me through some rough times in my past. So I think it's just good. And my idea with this challenge is that if you feel good about your day, you're going to feel good about the next day and it'll make you much more eager and optimistic about getting things done the next day. Uh, do you have any plans to go about with this one, Mark? Um, I think this will be a good way to kind of help keep me going, especially because like I mentioned, I I'm in a George R. R. Martin phase with the <laughs> primary with project dollar that, uh, shouldn't got, should have gotten out a long time ago. So, um, while I do try to track, uh, goals like, did I write today? Did I read? Mm -hmm. I, I try to make sure I at least do those two things. Um, I think this would be a good, a good review, right? To mm -hmm. see how I felt about the day and whether I thought it was productive, mm -hmm. why, um, it wasn't and kind of give me a good outlook on what I can do the next day. So kind of a, a snowball method, right? Yeah. Um, uh, things that I, I, I'm thankful for and kind of help end the day on a good note. And then maybe I can uh, start the day on a good note as mm -hmm. well. So I'm kind of looking forward to it. I've, I've never actually done this. My daily journaling is just like what I'm thinking about, what mm. things I need to do. Or if I can't think about anything, I write that I can't think about anything. It's just <laughs> a form to to write. But it would be really nice to kind of add um, a little something extra to it. Mm. So I'm kind of looking forward to this. The idea of a gratitude journal is that it helps you find the silver lining to everything, even if it was a bad day. You'd be like, well, today was a crappy day at work. But at least I walked this many steps or whatever. Like you'd like write that down. It kind of like helps you reformat your brain to look on the optimistic side of things. Yeah. Which is, in my mind, a good way to boost your mood. Like I said, it helped me through some rough times in my past. So I'd like to see how it affects you as somebody who's never done it before. Yeah. And yeah, we'll be back in. Well, I guess we aren't done yet. <laughs> we got social media to do next. Yay. Yeah. So, Mark, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at AskMarkIO. What about it you? Is, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, is there more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So for me, you could find me on Instagram and Twitter at KyleSQ9. That is K-Y-L-E-S-Q-9. 
And you can find my writings over at quadrant9.net, which thanks to working on the show, I've been much more inspired to publish to my blog. So since uh, my last update, there's been, or since the show began, I've published two blog posts. Underneath a new series right now, I'm trying to start called the Product the productive podcaster. I can't almost say the productivity podcaster since it's the name, it's the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> the productive podcaster is what it's called, where I'm just kind of talking about different methods I use to get things done. My first entry was about time tracking and how it could benefit you, especially in a team-based podcast like this one. Okay. And my latest post has been a review of the editing software I started using for the show called Hindenburg. It's not really a review. It's more of a first impressions on it. Uh, also on Twitter... I create a list of people that I follow who I admire within the productivity sphere. Uh, you go to my Twitter list and look for productivity picks. And that has a list of everybody and every podcast or website that I follow just to kind of keep my mind uh, curious with like new ideas of how ways I could improve my life. As for the show, you could find us at theproductivitylab.show or tpl.show if you want to save your fingers some work. Uh, you could also find us on Twitter and Instagram at Productive Lab because Productivity Lab was taken. And yeah, that should be it. Then as always, stay productive. My mind, like someone like came, wiped my mind, and I couldn't <laughs> think of anything. You've been relying too much on the digital brain. You forgot everything.